Today we're going to talk about a topic that seems so basic, but actually has a lot of depth to it. It's the subject of working well, what it means to do the best work possible as a physician. Welcome back to the Hippocratic Forum. I'm Daniel Lahe. And I'm John Ree. Danny, tell us a little more about how we're going to approach this topic. Thanks, John. Yeah, it's a, it's a vast topic, and we're going to focus on some of the ideals that should motivate our work, and on one specific ideal. But first, we want to give a general overview of what it means to work well. So, John, tell us what it's like to admit a patient overnight and present them in the morning. What's a, say, 10 out of 10 look like on doing that, and how do you achieve that? Yeah, sure, Danny. So I would say I certainly have done a lot of that over my residency years. And for those of you who may be early in your training and haven't done it in the wards yet, admitting a patient to the hospital is a very important moment for a patient where the responding clinician or the responsible physician, usually an intern or resident, has to get to know everything about that patient's history, their past medical history, medications, allergies, family history, all while addressing the current chief complaint, as we call it, which is what the patient came in with uh, to the hospital. And then you have to analyze all the available studies, whether those are like labs, imaging, biopsies, pathologies. And then in the end, you come up with an assessment and plan, which is you pulling together every and all of the information that you gathered and coming together with what you think is happening. And as if putting all that down on paper, or I guess on a computer as we usually do it isn't enough, in the morning you have to then condense all of that in your mind, all of that work into a quick three to five minute presentation for your team so that they know those things that are just the most important part of, of what you learn uh, while taking care of that patient. That's a great description. And as you can see, there are so many dimensions and parts to the challenge you face when you admit a patient. And so that's why we want to use it as an example. There, there's so many ways to grow while you admit a patient, right? But often it's a failed opportunity to exercise the virtues of work, you know, because you're tired, you've seen the same thing so many times, and it's just becoming a checklist kind of thing, a rote task that you have to do. But obviously this is a great privilege, right? To be entrusted with the care of an actual human being who has an acute problem in their health, maybe an infection, a clot, a new cancer diagnosis, a stroke, any number of things. And it's also a tremendous learning opportunity that you simply can't get through textbooks and lectures. So we thought we would talk about three principles of how to live your workout really well in the hospital. And those are order, intensity, and constancy. And then another way to frame those ideals of work is something that we've talked about in, in previous uh, podcasts, as well as uh, podcasts we'll be covering in the future, but they are reframing, uh, mindfulness, and challenge. So we'll go through each of these in turn, and today we'll focus on the challenge steps since our other podcasts address the reframing and the mind mindfulness aspects. So order is all about being systematic in how you pursue tasks. So I think for an admission, a very helpful thing that I always use is a checklist to make sure that I went through the admission in a systematic way in the right order of steps. So I'll pause and say that you know, having a checklist is different than having a checklist mentality, right? The goal is not just to check the boxes that makes you happy and then you're done for the day. The goal is really to serve the patient and reframing is crucial to this step. So while being systematic in your pursuit of a goal in your work, 
you also have to remind yourself of the why. It just takes a second, but it can really be so powerful. So let's say you have your systematic ordered approach to a challenging work. You've reframed your mindset to be in the mode of serving patients and learning instead of just the checklist mentality. Now what? So mindfulness can be helpful here. And since we'll turn to that in our next episode, I'll leave it there for now and we'll kind of return to that. But the next step I want to focus on is the importance of having a challenge. And to, to help us understand this part better, I want to ask you, John, if you have ever heard of the concept of flow or have been in the state of flow. Yeah, Danny, actually last night in the hospital where I got five new consults within the span of an hour. Um, and for people who might not know, that's, that's quite a number of consults. Um, so, you know, I took the time I reframed uh, for a couple seconds and then I took the challenge of how to most efficiently get through these consults because, you know, all of these uh, people consulting me, they also need answers quickly, right? And some of these are more urgent than others. And so how to get through these efficiently, but also gently, making sure that I don't feel like I'm rushing each patient and also more importantly, that the patient doesn't feel like I'm rushing with them. So I went ahead and took them one at a time, seeing each patient and having my order of going through my usual steps. There's a a, ch a chart checking that I do, but I also have a specific way that I go through it so that I do it each time without missing things, pre-writing my note, going and seeing and examining the patient, and then writing up the assessment and plan as I'm literally walking out of the patient's room uh, with one of these uh, portable computers for the major steps so that I could tell the physician who's consulting me what to do in terms of next steps right away. So uh, the thing I think was that was great in terms of feeling like this idea that I was in flow was that even though there were five different consults, in a certain sense, it felt like one process, despite it being five different encounters. I went from patient to patient, and in a certain sense, I felt like I had both lost the track of time, yet at the same time was very aware of the time and the intensity of the work that I was trying to get done within a short period of time. Exactly. And I think the way I've heard it explained by the kind of guru on flow and, and the book by that title is that it's like playing a tennis match where the challenge at hand has to be perfectly matched to your abilities. So if, say, you're a medium level, medium skill level tennis player, you need to be matched with a medium skill level opponent to have the best chance at thriving. Uh, to pay, play against Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal, the greats of tennis, or to play against a 10-year-old kid would either make you overwhelmed by the challenge or, or quite bored. Uh, neither would lead the flow. So working well in our medical training is all about progressively increasing the challenges that we face so that our abilities grow in such a way that we develop these good habits of working well and just growing to be better physicians. And I think that's a great point because really it's so easy after even just a few months of residency, and perhaps some of you have felt this way too, to start kind of coasting through residency and just going through the motions without really challenging yourself day by day. I remember I had a senior resident that always pushed me by saying, you can learn something from every patient, no matter how simple the problem or situation. And she would just keep saying that. And so one thing I would do as I got more skilled at doing admissions as an intern was that in addition to doing all the work of the admission and figuring out what the patient has and what I would do, and getting ready for the presentation in the morning, I would try to look up a journal article relevant to the condition that the patient had, either to learn myself and deepen my understanding, maybe to share it with the team in the morning if it was something more general that could, they could learn from. 
And that took a standard pneumonia admission and helped me learn how to better serve the patient and other patients in the future. And then I could teach my team on rounds the next morning, whatever interesting thing I found that was relevant to treating our patients. Again, you can't always do that, but it's often a good thing to challenge yourself and take it to the next level. I like that, Danny. I I also have been recommending that to medical students, and it could be really anything that you could learn from any patient. I mean, I can't say how many seizure patients I've seen in the ED, but uh, each time I think there's something to learn, whether... It's thinking about what are the actual guidelines for the risk of a second seizure or maybe even something simple or seemingly peripheral as what is really the use or how do we follow Kepra levels or do we even do so or are there places where that's useful? So it can be so easy not to take that extra step of challenging yourself to grow and we constantly have to fight the habit of growing complacent. But Danny, a lot of our listeners may be at the earlier stages of their training and even for all of us, I think a big challenge we face is preparing for tests, specifically for medical students, right? And, but also in residency, I mean, we have these larger tests that come up once in a while. And how can we apply these principles to those situations? So I think a lot of the same principles apply, though a little bit modified, right? I think the test is really a setting where you have to kind of create the challenge for yourself and simulate like you're really in a clinical encounter. And so the the key for this is practice and practice with question banks, question banks that will give you a whole series of questions related to what's on the test interspersed over a period of time. And uh, I think, you know, creating mind maps and having ordered ways of structuring the learning of the content and then ordered ways of practicing the content. So, you know, there are several different ways you could go about this. But I think going through a question bank and using each question as kind of a little mini patient encounter. So you can practice that order and reframe like, okay, this is a patient and I'm trying to help them. Then you can take a moment to pause and have that mindfulness. And you can set your challenge to kind of really find the clues in that question stem and in the answer choices and make it a little bit of a game for yourself. And I think the more you try to make tests feel like real clinical encounters, as challenging as that can be at times, uh, the better you'll thrive in them and the more you'll grow through them. And hopefully the goal is that these tests do make you into a better physician, a more knowledgeable physician, ultimately. And what about physicians at a later, st- later stage in their careers? I mean, you know, Danny, I could imagine that, let's say 20 years from now when I'm a neuro-oncologist and I'm seeing the 5,000th patient with glioblastoma. I mean, doesn't everything perhaps become so routine? That's another great point, John. And I think as uh, I've, I've thought about this, even as I've gotten more skilled and more subspecialized, you know, my field is genitourinary oncology. So I, there's four cancers I need to know everything about, kidney, bladder, prostate, and testicular cancer. And you can imagine at some point, you know, I'll, I'll probably know everything I need to know about these. And uh, how would I keep challenging myself? So a couple of things there. I think that you know, the challenge really comes in finding what is unique in every patient case and to see every patient not just as like a stage three renal cell carcinoma, but to see them as an individual and see what's unique about their case, come up with new and exciting ways to conceptualize their care. I think in academic medicine, we're very lucky that we also have a component of our career that's research, right? And so each patient can kind of lead to questions that lead to interesting research projects and advancing the field forward in a bigger way. But even if that's not a component of your career and, and you're mainly a clinician, 
there's always ways to not just focus on the science and the medical aspects, but the whole person, right? And understand the complex issues of communicating a diagnosis, a prognosis, educating patients, and then making sure that they follow through and, and get the best care possible. Great, Danny. Well, to leave you guys with a, a little bit of a practical tip, like we usually do, uh, last time we talked about reframing and uh, we talked about taking that moment, whether it's in the morning or right before seeing a patient, whatever has been working out for you, to reframe that day uh, into a series of ideals. And this time, right after taking that reframing step, we want to challenge you <laughs> to think of a challenge. Uh, sometimes just getting to the hospital, uh, you might already be in a negative reframing mentality. And so now you've gotten used to reframing that to, into something positive. Um, but thinking about some specific challenge of the day, whether it might be doing a note more efficiently or whether it might be studying for a number of sections for a test, uh, but doing it in a particular way uh, to get through it in a way that you know, might be done more quickly or uh, might be done with a different type of memorization tool to kind of push against that envelope a little bit more. As always, if you have any questions on how to implement this more specifically and you have thoughts about ways that you want to do this better but aren't really sure how to do it practically, please feel free to reach out. We've had people reach out to us before and we've helped people think through uh, how to take these steps on a practical way. Uh, just as a reminder, our email is contact at hippocraticforum.org. And as always, we would love to hear from you. And as usual, we'll end with a quote, uh, this time by Leonardo da Vinci. He says, quote, as a well-spent day brings happy sleep, so a life well-used brings a happy death. Well, thanks again for joining us and see you next time on the Hippocratic Forum. <laughs>